Rigo. Yo. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you, man. All right. Where's I'm not sure. Ah, uh, they'll be back on. They'll be back on. Sorry, man. Sometimes it just happens. I don't know. It's a good little. It's a good little app. Most of they have a little kinks every once in a while. Yeah. All right. Is everybody on? We're good to go. Good to go. Cool. Uh, so DJ, I was saying, I think you and Matt Rigo. Uh, yeah, tell so, us the story on how all that went down. Yeah. So when I was like first started, I mean, I I started back in quite some time ago, many, many years ago, but I was really looking to find someone that that was doing what I wanted to do and kind of was where I was, where I wanted to be. And I was waterless at the time. And when I first started waterless, it was like a, people didn't accept it. I had to do a ton of education to even like be able to clean someone's car. And I was really trying to struggle through these first years being the outsider in Oklahoma because no one was doing it here at all. And uh, I reached out what? to several different- What'd you say? I said very few people besides ourselves were doing it at the time <laughs> <in Oklahoma. laughs> Marty introduced me to Waterless, by the way, for everyone that needs to know because he needs the credit. Uh, I'm just messing with you. Anyways, um, and I reached out to some people, and people kept shutting me down, like, oh, yeah, you know, not responding. not. But Rigo, I, I found him, and we spoke for, I mean, he would he would take my phone calls all the time. He was very helpful, like super, you know, willing to help and devote his time to help me and keep me motivated and kind of encourage me and so forth. So we just built a relationship over the years. And we finally met at Mobile Tech in Orlando one year and actually got to meet in person and hung out. And that was really cool. So ever since then, um, we've been really cool and just kind of we hit each, other, hit each call each other every now and then just to kind of shoot ideas back and forth. But he really kind of poured into me in my earlier years. Um, so now, you know, that I'm established and so forth, I do the same thing for guys that hit me up. I actually take the time. I'm, I might be tired. I might not want to talk to anybody, but I'll take the time actually and mentor people because the, the way I, you know, I got to this point because people like Rigo mentored and poured into, in, in my business. Um, so I kind of, give that back in that sense. So that's kind of how I met, met Rigo through just reaching out and just saying, Hey man, I need your help. Like, how do I do this? And so how'd you do, I mean, what did you, said you found them. How'd you find them? I mean, what, this was uh, what, like 08, 09? Yeah. So, uh, let's see, this was, this, <laughs> here comes some politics. So like, man, I don't even, so there was, there was a trainer that was out there that I was trying to get hooked up with and I followed his podcast and his training and so forth online. And um, that's how I found Rigo because Rigo told his story on one of these podcasts. I think it was a detailing pros. Uh, he told his story on there. I was like, man, he sounds just like me, man. You know, coming from nothing. He wanted to start something. And, you know, I grew up in a really bad part of town too. I didn't have a lot at all. We didn't have any money. Um, you know, so I was kind of the oddball, you know, just trying to start a business. It was, you know, no one was doing it at my age and at my, at my, um, uh, social status, I guess you can say. So I really kind of took a liking to him because of his story, because I can relate to him and we can talk and we can actually relate on a relatable level um, because we've come from, you know, the same kind of background. Um, so that's, that's, that's how I ran across him. Cool. So did you go out? I think I went to, did you say you went out there to see him or not? No. So I ended up going to training uh, when I first started at uh, Chemical Guys for, for a week and, and um, I did some training there, which was which was all right. Um, but um, I think that. I, hey, I Ian, I don't know if you caught the underlying story. His deal against your mafia is he was trying to get training by this guy and he got denied. Now we get the full spectrum of why he's anti-mafia. <laughs> What are you talking he about? He was not allowed in. That's pretty I, much what that story was about. No, you, guys are really, you guys are really going to stir some. You guys are going to really stir something up with this podcast. Lord. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying to keep it neutral right now. It's going south. It already did, bro. You know what? I, I, I wanted. I wanted so bad to go do the mafia thing, but I. I just decided not to. I mean, it was a lot of money to put up to go do that, and I. I mean, I. I support what they're doing there. I have nothing against them at all. I said when I first started. I was looking at the detailing pros and then also chemical guys had a, had a training program and I wanted to go somewhere that was established and their marketing was great. So I went there for a week. It was nothing against, uh, Rennie Doyle, detail, or detail mafia whatsoever. I didn't you ain't got to say thanks, bro. I know you're, <laughs> <laughs> I 
Actually, no, 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 no. For the record, this is ridiculous. Hold on. You know, no, shut up. Seriously, listen. Hey, DJ, don't tell our guests to shut up. Ian, that I'm, is I'm not polite. Ian, actually, Ian, Ian's about to put the ski mask or take a drive with it because if he doesn't, boy, he ain't gonna hear the last. I, of his life. I think I hear his truck pulling up right now. Oh, that's, that's all bad for you, bro. Uh, no, but I, I mean, I wanted to do Vita Mafia, but I have the cash. I didn't have four, five, six grand to put up to do that, so I paid a thousand dollars and went and got training at a Smarty Tongue University. Anyways, um, no, me and Rigo met the first time in Orlando at Mobile Tech Expo. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Where did we meet, Rigo? Oh, man. Was, was it we were in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, I was SEMA. And I was surprised uh, that you picked Corona and we didn't pick tequila. I'm going to tell you. No, you know what? Honestly, I was going to ask I was gonna ask um, DJ if it was possible to bring tequila. But then that, that beer itself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to explain the connection. But I was going to pick, uh, pick a tequila, as a matter of fact. We can do a so, pint of tequila next time. A pint of tequila. Wow. Yeah. You have to finish the whole <laughs> you pint. You and tequila, the whole pint. You and tequila, DJ, just, just don't no. get along. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rigo, what was that tequila? Like, we all, DJ got us all drinking. He, like, you requested this tequila. Like, and it was the most amazing tequila ever. That was the strongest tequila oh, ever that was my a, entire that life. That three generaciones. I'm sorry, say that again. Yeah, it's three gen. In English, it would be called three generations, but it's, it's called okay. generaciones. That sounds awesome. It's three real, real, oh, no. real, real smooth tequila. Yeah, that was yeah. It was good. I mean, you you passed it around so we could all take a little taste. Like it was, it was like oh geez. That that's oh, great no, stuff. You know what? No, no, you were talking. No, when with the ones we drank, it was in nineteen forty-two. That's what it was. Cause I actually had. I was like, hold on, nineteen. Yeah. Yeah, because DJ yep. started looking like he was in 1941 by the time. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that night was. Ugh. Let's not talk about that, DJ. I, I want to keep your friendship healthy and subtle with you. Know? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's one night we don't even talk about it at all. I don't even remember it happened. Exactly. <laughs> Does that have to do with the wheel woolly when we were talking about earlier? No, it was not. No, it was totally Wooly, different. Marty. Oh, okay. Sorry, different story. Rigo, I'm sorry. He's got a couple different stories with you. I was trying to get on the same page, but. No, I think the one he wants to The one he doesn't want to talk about is when he's looking at the machine. It's just like, <laughs> oh, man. Too funny. All right. So, uh, Rigo, you're big on waterless. Yeah. I know DJ is. Ian uses nothing but waterless because he's completely oh, Ian, green. Ian is waterless too now? Oh, he's so green. It's not he even drank the Kool-Aid. You know what? As a matter of fact, yeah, I had talked to Ian one time. Um, he gave me a call and we were, we were, we were talking about the waterless. Oh, that's, that, wow, that's awesome. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goddamn, Marty. <laughs> I tried, Rigo. He's not. Oh, like, no, he he no, might no. every once in a while. He's used it. All right. So, why are you so big on waterless? Is it because where you're from? Is it uh, or what? Like, why why do you love waterless? Me myself, the reason I got baptized with, with waterless is because I'm based in South Orange County. Years ago, um, I used to be a, I used to have the pressure washer and the water mat and. When you know that's when 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 I was doing you know the the car wash thing per se, and um, I got tired of it. And then on top of that, here in Orange County, being that I'm coastal and I'm and I'm, it's all beach city friendly, the cities are real hard on on runoff water. So they would they would really they would really put the um um the okay. all right um they would really like crucify people for having runoff water. And um, so I said, you know what? The hell with this, man. If I'm going to, if they're going to keep on giving me, I'm going to look into this water list. And I did. And when, uh, when I did, um, I said, you know what? If I'm going to, if I'm going to do something, I might as well be the best at it. And I did. I grabbed the, I grabbed grips on the water list and I, I conquered it. And when I mean conquered it, because that's all my business is based on. I don't, I don't, I haven't carried a pressure washer in my van in years. And since my, since I'm, I'm focused just on the detailing part. People always ask me, well, how does it work for you? 
And I tell people, well, everything for me is set for appointment. So if I'm in a detail cars, I mean, like everybody knows, just just you use a pint of water just to detail a car. So I don't need 200 gallons or 100 gallons of water for me to be carrying around in my mobile unit. So being that I'm from Orange County, it's been a plus for me on that perspective. Two, um, the eco-friendly side, like DJ was saying, I really mar- at the time I wanted to I wanted to market myself with eco-friendly because they were really it was big a couple years back. People were really all really it was a hype and everybody really wanted to embrace it, and I did. And the next thing you know, that's that's I just stood waterless, and then um, I think DJ no 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 DJ is um, was member of Green America, and I was and I wanted to make sure that I that I was top level of eco-friendly. So that's when I started going up to all the certifications for an eco-friendly business. And I got the Green America certification and another green business certification, a waterless. And that's how I, I, I pretty much became eco-friendly and waterless. Nice. Uh, so. That's good. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so tell me, like, we, we brought in Corona. That's the one. But you got Corona Black. What is that? What's, what's Corona Black? Well, you know. The, it's like the corona, the, the corona brown black bottle that I, that, that that we're we're enjoying today. Um, it's a it's a it's a new version of Corona that came out in this since December, and the reason that Corona in particular, because it connects with what I'm trying to do or what I've done in the detailing industry. When when you look at the corona, the regular Corona bottle, what you see on commercials by the beach. <laughs> And that beautiful girl sipping on the Corona, you look at the Corona that everybody knows. But this new Corona that came out in December, the, the original taste came from Mexico. And it wasn't just till December, if I'm not wrong, that they started distributing here in the U.S. So when you look at the bottle, the bottle is brown. And when you look at it, it, it looks a little awkward at first. You look at it and, and you're like... Nah, that doesn't look right, you know, because you're so used to seeing the the other clear Corona bottle that everybody's drank for decades. But once you actually make an effort to to open this Corona bottle and take a swig out of it, you realize that the only difference between the original Corona bottle and this is just the color of the bottle. But the taste itself is just as good as the other one. It's just what you look at it from the beginning, it kind of makes you feel a little awkward, a little uncomfortable. But if you drink it, you enjoy it for what it is because at the end of the day, it all serves the same purpose, just to enjoy the, the soft, cold drink. Nice, man. Sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that Corona bottle, that's why I chose that, that, that Corona bottle itself because it has a, a different taste. You know, darker a darker beer taste, but it serves all the same purpose, just to enjoy a nice cold Corona um, and drink it. So that's the story behind that one. Okay. So it's pretty much the same, just different bottles. Basically, what yeah, you're saying? It's, it's it's pretty much the same. It has it has a different taste. It has a different taste. It has a, a more of a a more thick, more 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 thicker. Um, should I say? And I don't know if it's if bure, 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 I don't know what I would say, but it has a different. It has a different taste, a little more, more, a little more heavy, like like the modelo, like the modelo dark beer. It has a little. It has oh, a, okay, a, yeah. A heavier, a little heavier taste to it. But once you get the taste of it with a nice little lemon and salt, oh man, you're rocking and rolling. Mm, that's what we, we did not do. Did anybody else get a lemon no, or a lime? No. Oh. Yeah, you guys gotta drink it with the lemon. The first, at least the first one. The initial one has to go with some lemon and salt, just so you can really get the full, the full taste of that Corona. And then after that, you're 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 home, you're sweet home. <laughs> so, do you when you go out and you grab a beer, let's say you get a draft, do you do the uh, what is it where they 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 put it all the way around the rim? Oh yeah, um, well, yeah. When they is it called dirty or what is what is it? Uh, what does that call it? You know what? Well, some people have have the tendency of putting salt around the rim, and, and then you just get the lemon. You know what? But they'll crush like pepper 
and like some lemon or lime or something Look, all around the rim. Oh, so you, oh you, 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 you drank one of those? Yeah, yeah. Well, you What's know it what? called? In the, in the, in the, in the uh, Hispanic community, um, some of the, they're called micheladas. Micheladas. And oh, the, the michelada is known for when you have a hangover. And um, when you have a hangover, when you put that beer in there with a little bit of the salt and the lemon and then a little tap of, of, of clamato, which is like the tomato juice, and you take that beer, boy, will that, will that revive you again after you have a, a hangover? So that, those are the micheladas, the ones that you're referring to. Cool. They're real known in the, in the, in the Hispanic community. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Ian, this is pretty interesting. Ian, when you started, you shared the story that you immediately went to um, get professional training. Why? So question number one, why? And then question number two, who? And then third, why them? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so, big questions. Yeah. Uh, first, why I chose. Uh, one, I had been out of the game for a little while, so part of it is I needed to brush up on some stuff. Of course, industry changes all the time, so I needed, you know, to make myself aware of some of those changes. Uh but more from a professional standpoint, I chose to do it just because I think it's important. You know, our our line of work, I, I know a lot of people probably might not view it as that, but it, it's most certainly a trade. Uh, and, you know, if you look at any trade, whether it's plumber, mechanic, uh, electrician, or whatever, they all have, you know, certain accreditations that they have to meet and have in order to even do those jobs. And uh, so I look at it from that standpoint. I think it's something that should be uh, looked at very seriously if you're entering this line of work, because I think it not only is it going to obviously help increase your skills and knowledge, but I think it's going to also make your client base a lot more comfortable when they see that, that they'll see your, you know, accolades hanging up on the wall and they'll know that you've made the effort that you've, you know, went the extra mile to get trained and that you're not just some random guy off the street calling himself a detailer. And who'd you go with? And then I chose, for my training, I chose Rennie Doyle in uh, Big Bear Lake, uh, California. It's Rennie? It's detailing success. Nice. And why? And, yeah, and then, okay, and that's why. Uh so I myself, when I was looking, I had a few choices that I had looked at and I just felt that it provided the most value uh, out of all the ones. And especially, <laughs> especially if you were to base it off of like price point, I, I think for the money, it was most certainly the most valuable. Why do you say that? I mean, so DJ said a second ago, like he didn't want to invest that type of money. Like, why yeah. did you want to invest it? And man, it was it's a that's a big chunk of change, um, and then why would you say you got a good return of value on it? Well, because the training that I chose, there's a few others. There's a couple others in California, and then there's another one over in the Midwest somewhere, and they're all roughly the same price. I think one or two might have been a little bit more expensive, but I just I felt it was a better fit. Uh, it was I'm personal, I guess. Maybe it would be one way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Well, Rennie's definitely a personal guy. Like, yeah. Just you meet him, he, he look you in the face, shake your hand, he talks to you. He's yeah. all about being outgoing. Like, he is definitely a very personable person. Yeah. So, DJ, why did you choose the people you went to go train with? Man, I was so early on. So, I um. <laughs> Hang up. Oh man! Hey, um, hold on, hold on. Let's hold on. Let me pause. I apologize. Like, so I know we've told the story a bunch, but we'll tell it fifty thousand other times too. Like, so you you were at one car wash. You came to work at our car wash. Here we go. We so we had, trained yeah. together. I taught you. Uh, you yeah, taught me. Whatever. No, I'm not going that far. I'm just saying, like, you came <laughs> and you worked, like. And then I left, you took over the manager with Thomas, you were continuing to work. But then when you and I started talking about branching out and doing waterless, 
-hmm. then you went on your own. Like you already had a history of detailing. You had already known what you're doing. Like why then if, so Ian, Ian did it to get back in the game, so to speak, you were already in it. Why, I mean, why then take your time and money to go pay for professional training at that point? That's a good question. That's a good question. So, and I asked myself that, like, why did I do it? But I drank the Kool-Aid, man. You know, as a young detailer, when you're actually starting your own, like, I had a ton of experience. Like, like you said, like, I give you credit. You trained me. Like, I learned a lot from you when you owned that car wash out here in Bigsby. I learned a lot from a guy named Nate um, and, and Clint who worked at the car wash at Auto Oasis when I first started there. Uh, that was before I worked for you. Right. So I had three, three guys that, that really taught me everything I know about detailing. And I was really, really good at it. Um, so yeah, I could have taken that knowledge and actually wouldn't applied it, but I didn't have any business knowledge at all. Um, so I would just, you know, when you, when you, when you start your own business and you're working out of your trunk at the car and you, and you're looking on or Facebook at the time, um, was the only thing out there and, and you're just, you know, they're detailers and like, wow, this is a, this, this is a, an actual industry. Like people are actually doing this and posting their work and stuff. So, um, what was hot at the time, which is still with all these, you know, new guys and there's nothing against it at all was chemical guys. You know, they had that smart detailing university. And uh, I kind of sold myself to go. And I, um, you know, I was talking to, you know, Mel Krebs with Detail Pros. Um, and then there was some ish, some politics going on there with him. And then, you know, Smart Detail University. And, and I got caught in that little mix there. So I ended up going down to California and um, in training with, um, with, with Paul and, and, um, and the guys out there. Um, and it was a good time. You know, uh, I couldn't say I learned a lot of detailing skills at all. Because, I, I mean, everything I've went and learned there i knew but there was some business stuff that was that was applicable um and i just had a good time that's kind of how i got introduced to the industry i guess you can say like you know kind of the 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 vendors out there and and just uh you know the people the manufacturers and stuff like that that's kind of how i got introduced it got my feet wet in the industry so it wasn't a waste of time and money um because i met a lot of cool people i remember hearing about it i mean that was like literally that was a a, a decade ago um, mm -hmm. and I was even curious then, like, why would he go all the way out to California to get training? Like, what does it he was need that, to learn? Partially like, Hey, it'd be really cool to go to California and do training. Like it was a good cop out, right? Like, <laughs> like it was a cool opportunity to just travel and just kind of get out of here and like, just kind of just, I don't know, just get out there. So it was, um, it was a fun trip. Um, but was it worth the money? I don't know. I, for me, I pull out, I got, I got to really get my feet wet in the industry and like meet a lot of new people and just really get acclimated to the industry itself. Because before that, it was just, I worked at a car wash and detail shop here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That was it. I didn't know there yeah. was an industry out there. True. Yeah. And you actually and then later introduced me to, oh yeah, there's this thing called SEMA. And like, I was like, what's exactly. that? Like, 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 like yeah, there's a whole, about the industry. Yeah. exactly. I would have never exactly. gone if you hadn't have told me. And then I wouldn't have been sitting at a club sipping on this fancy tequila with Rigo after we had been drinking Manhattans because I was like, bro, if, if you're going to be with Jason and them, you got to you gotta drink Manhattans. <laughs> that's right. I learned that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, so I mean, Rigo, that's... go ahead, sorry. No. Nope, you good? Uh, Rigo, so did you receive – I mean, like, you, you have – I think that's what you do mainly now. Do you have a shop plus training or – what are you up to now? You know what? I'm like a hurricane, dude. Right now, I'm all over. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, right now, I have, I, I, I have. Now it's not my shop, but I'm. I got things coordinated and worked out to work out of this high-end shop in Orange County. Um, so I'm able to move and groove just like if it was my shop. But that's because of the years of business that I've been doing with them and that I build with them. I also have the mobile unit if I need to set up a mobile uh, mobile appointment, but the majority of my work is done in in house now. Um, the training, up, man? the training itself, um, that catapult for me trying. I mean, it's a long story, but at the end of the day, there's been a big problem in our community, and when I mean our community, I mean in the Hispanic community of the lack of education tools for them to run a functionable detailing business. So throughout the years of me detailing, I always got approached by different Hispanic detailers and they would always ask me, Hey, Rigo, how did you do this? And Rigo, how did you go there? And Rigo, how did you do this? So 
I would just tell them, just work your ass off, right? Because in my back of my head at that time, I wasn't really thinking of, you know, uh, of past that. I was just answering a question. But one year, um, like it's been three years now, all of them, all these different guys approached me. And then this one, this one, uh, one of them was talking to me at SEMA and then another one at SEMA. And I'll say, you know what, man? I, and I had already got a kind of like, like a rock in my shoe because I had noticed that when I was going to do all these big projects at the time, the presence of the Hispanic community wasn't strong. And I, and, and the and the reason why was because one, the lack of education of them becoming professional detailers because a lot of them had this have this misconception of detailing as $25 car washes. So mm-hmm. I said, you know what? Instead of always being part of, the, of me, because I was part of the complainers. I'm going to be honest. I would be the one complaining too. Well, you got all these guys at the bottom of the bucket messing up the industry for all, the, for all of us that really make an effort to, to educate and training and this and that. So, you know, I said, you know what? I need to, let me be part of the solution now. So I said, you know what? At the time, I was part of um, the same network that Ian was. I was part of the Detail Mafia. So I um, first, I told, I remember it was St. Clair. Uh, Prince St. Clair. So I made St. Clair. I was like, I reached out to him. I was like, you know what? Uh, some guys want to get IDA, IDA um, certified. Can we make it happen? He goes, but if they don't speak English, how are we going to do it? I go, I'm going to interpret it for you. I'll just get them all together. He said, oh, if you're willing to do that, let's rock and roll. So we did it. The first class, all Hispanic, was done at detailing.com with me and St. Clair because it hadn't been done before. So those guys out of that group, I mean, a lot of them were, were, the rest is history. They were all successful. So then after that, I had talked to Rennie, and I told Rennie, hey, Rennie, I was like, I mean, you know what? How do you feel about us um, training, uh, doing the training all in Spanish? And, you know, he, he kind of kind of thought about it. But um, he was like, well, I don't know. That's kind of, that's kind of, that sounds that's challenging. And I was like, no, nah, we can make it happen. And I remember Rennie's words were like, well, if you get them together, we'll make it rock. But I guess in the back of his mind, Rennie really didn't see see it coming together at the time. So, but he, he said, let's roll. If you want to roll, let's roll. So then I came back with him and I said, I'm ready. And he said, you're what? Okay, well, make, you, you know, let's have them dry. Let's, if they're real about it, let's start having them drop deposits. So I told the guys, now take it. You know, you know, I had to get these guys used to the email thing and, you know, and hey, let's, 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 let's make this deposits and everything else. And now, you know, I'm now something good. It has become kind of a challenge for me because I, you know, they're questioning me. Well, you're asking me to give three thousand dollars up almost. I mean, what am I going to get out of this? So I'm sitting here trying to tell them why they need to come to training, and at the same time, I got the big guy telling me, "Hey, man, what's up? Are these guys for real or what?" So then I got this extra pressure besides me running my business of trying to make it happen. But to make a long story short, out of those guys that got trained on the first round. I'm proud to say that I was part of their success. I'm not. I'm not saying that I am the reason they're successful, but I just opened the door. You know, what they, the blueprint that was handed down to them, that's what they they did. Whatever they did with it after that, that's on them. You know, uh, I'm just I'm happy that I was there to open the journey. Um, and right now, all three of them are successful in different ways. So after nice. that, so after that, you know, um, I just said, you know what? There's a need for this. So that's why I became the pioneer of, of, of the, should I say, of this, this um, Latino com- um, education of detailing the, the community. Now, has there been professional detailers before me that were Latino that are good? Oh, yeah, way before. All I really did, I really brought it to the front because nobody had really ever done it. And I felt that I needed to educate the community to really bring them all out. The ones that wanted it, the real, the ones that were really about it, that wanted to take it to the professional level, and I have. That's awesome. So, do you you, how do you do your training now? Like you're on your own, or you still with the group, or what? Like, where are you at now? Now, yeah. Well, that's that's a tricky question. Okay. As far as the first <laughs> part of the of the, of the question, in my part of the group. You know what? In business, and in any business, there comes a time, and, and there comes a time where you have to make strong decisions. 
And sometimes some of the bit, the some of the decisions you want you want to make aren't aren't the ones you want to make, but you have to make because it's business. So I got put in a situation where if I wanted to evolve my vision and the inspiration I had in my head to the level that I wanted to do it, I needed to do it without nobody being able to tell me, don't do this or getting questioned. Why are you doing this? If this and this and what's why are you doing this here? So instead of I instead of getting caught up, which I already had in the conflict of interest and some other things happened, I just felt like, you know what? I just need to leave. I need I need to leave. I need to leave before it really becomes a bad, real bad situation. So I mean, as a business decision, I left the detail mafia. Not no we left, you know, I said we parted ways. A big part of my heart was left in the detail mafia because everybody that knows me knows that I'm loyal to whoever or whatever I'm a part of. I don't regret the years that I was part of the detail mafia. The only thing I regret is how it ended. But it was it didn't it ended because of different 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 combination of things. But like I said, that ended and a new chapter had to begin. And in order for me to take the vision I had in my head to the next level, eventually I think that it was it was just gonna happen. So, um, and it did. Um, after I left the Detail Mafia, I kind of had to take a step back because you got to. When I was part of the Mafia, it wasn't just a group. You know, um, it was more like a. I felt like I, I, that's why it was kind of hard for me to, you know, because I almost felt like it was, it was like I, a family I was leaving. But. Um, once I sat back, all kind of things started coming my way, left and right. Because, you know, when I was when I was part of the of the team, I I felt that there was that was it. You know, I just did, but it wasn't. Once I I opened the door, a lot of other things came out, and I'm like, oh wow. But then, like anything, you know, when you're driving a fast car, and this is this is my, you know, um, so you can understand when driving a, a car and it's going real fast, you know, it looks all good and gravy, but you'll lose control and you'll crash it. So it's better just to slow down and just kind of cruise through and just kind of take it all in. So then after that, um, you know, we, we, we rolled over to doing some other things. You know, Sonex reached out to us and um, told me that, you know, they wanted me to um, be part of the Sonex team at SEMA. We did that. And then after that, I, I was kind of working on building the network because what I wanted to do, I wanted to build So are you still with Sonex? No, no, no. Sonex. Sonex was a thing where, you know, you I build a, you know you have a relationship with them, you know, with Rob and and Jason, and they reached out to me so I could be part of, of the Sonex team at SEMA. But that was just like at SEMA. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying because the relationship and 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 all the years that I've been in the industry, do I have a relationship with with them? Yeah, I do, but I'm not a part of the Sonex team like that. Um, ah. Now, because of the support they've branded to me and the, the and the and the relationship they have, every time they reached out to me, if it's within our you know within my reach, hands down, I'm there for them. Um, so I appreciate the fact that they've opened the doors they've opened to me now. So, on top of that, as things have evolved, like as I was saying, I just wanted to build a network in all Spanish to my Latino, to the Latino community. So I could do the transition. So I could build that bridge because I built it. But in the process of building the bridge, I started, I started getting approached with different barriers and people not understanding my vision. So it's like, it's like Apple when he was building Apple and you had this Microsoft guy, you know, they're both computers, but at the end of the day, some people didn't understand why Apple was doing what he was doing. And the Microsoft guy didn't understand what Microsoft was. So it's just a hot mess. In order for you to evolve, whatever you're going to evolve, you need to do it your way. And thank God, with God's blessing, and a lot of hard work. I mean, I just went to Puerto Rico and I helped, well, you know, you could pretty much say, even though Puerto Rico is part of the United States, but, you know, international training in Puerto Rico, 40, 40 attendees and means. Wow. Me, 40? 40 people. You know, we started with 20. The, the cap was, the, 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 the training got sold for 20. But the demand was so much. They were like, hey, these guys want to, we pushed it five, three, two, and then we were at 30. And I'm like, you know what? It's a big, it, that's a big group to control. And they were like, well, you know, we got all these other guys and they're going to, so we pushed it at 40. So we said, you know what? I said, we're capping it. We can't go no further because it's going to be, it's going to be chaotic. But you know what? Um, It worked out. 
it really, I mean, it was, I'm not going to lie, it was challenging. And for the first training, to have, <laughs> I can imagine so, yeah. To have, to have, especially so far in Puerto Rico with 40 people, I mean, it was great. Not just not just the training, Marty, but I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. When I set foot in Puerto Rico, even as a human being, it made me better because here, here in the United States, you know, even me, you know, we get we we get spoiled. You want to go to the mm-hmm. store, yep. you could mm-hmm. grab a soda. Oh, I'm, I'm spoiled if anybody's uh, for sure. You want to go to the mall, you could go get any designer jeans. If you want to get food, you could go eat any food. When I got to Puerto Rico on the plane landed with um. And I was with Sergio Ferrer, and I got out of the airport. And you see the devastation that's left behind, behind the hurricane that passed? It gives you a realization that all of us, no matter who you are, black, brown, or yellow, purple, whatever color, we all got a boss. And then when he decides that it's game over, he will come down on all wow. of us. So if one of the things I took, I, came, I, I, I brought back from Puerto Rico was, was with me, that you know what? We, there's, a, there's a higher power. And, and and he always will. And he always he, uh, he always lets everybody know that he's here because, wow, what I experienced in Puerto Rico, it was it was one of a kind. Um, them people yeah. down there, even their humbleness is just great, man. They embrace me. I mean, I, 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 I the, the experience was priceless. Yeah, DJ, have you you've never been out of the country? No, I have not. Ian, have you been out of the country? Negative. Yeah, Marty, you have. You've gone way out of the country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you're right. Like, it is crazy. Like, just it doesn't really matter where you go. Like, a lot of places you, you can. Malaysia, right? Yeah, we, I, yeah. I've been a couple different places. It, like, it's just being somewhere else and seeing another culture. Like, you should do it at some point in time. And like, you should take your kids when they get older. Like, mm-hmm. they need to experience how good we have it here. Like. And and like you're saying, Rico, like it really doesn't matter where you're at. Like, you you still got it better than a lot of other people in the world. Yeah. So. No, you know what, Marty? I agree, three hundred percent with you. And and I and I think I, I I recommend that to anybody that you're right. At any given point in life, if, if you got children, you should travel to somewhere to any part of the world, but where we're at, to to see how privileged how privileged we are and blessed to be here in the United States. Because when you go to a different country, you come to realize how much they appreciate what we would consider, ah, really? Is that what you're going to give us? Is that what we have? Where to there, over there, they're like, oh, man, this is a blessing. So, yeah. Yeah, What's the stat? The stat something like uh, if you make 35,000 bucks a year in the U.S., you're in the top, what, 10% or 5% or something in the world. And we're at if we're making thirty thousand a year here, we're bitching and moaning. Yeah, <laughs> real talk. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to get sidetracked. No. Uh, like that was good. No, good. This beer that we're drinking, Corona. Like everybody should have a Corona story. Like, right? I mean, Corona is just such a name brand beer that you can grab at any time at like a picnic or going out to you know. Of course, here we don't have a beach, but. I guess, Rigo, do you grab – if we go to a beach, it's like a big clay, uh, sandy place that you got a bunch of dirty, muddy water around. It's called a lake. Right. And, uh, it's a freaking lake. It's, a, <laughs> it's not a freaking mention. It's a lake. So, uh, I mean, can you guys think of – like, and I think that's interesting, the way Corona tells that story in all their marketing, which is really genius. It's just people grabbing a bottle – and sitting out somewhere or going somewhere like it's always an experience. You guys have any interesting uh, Corona stories? You no, know, I drank, I drank a Corona on the beach that they shot the Corona commercial at one of the com- Corona commercials at. That's on cool. A cruise. Nice. nice. Yeah. You know what? One what one of the Corona stories that I have is going to tie me and Pete uh, DJ together. Um, oh God! No, no, hold on. This one has nothing to do with you. <laughs> uh, um, well, you know what? Yours is funny. I should talk about yours, but I can't. <laughs> go ahead. I don't care, dude. Go ahead, please. Oh, oh can I really? Go can ahead. The, yeah, go ahead. Go the, ahead. Go the, ahead. The one in in, my, in Florida. Uh, depends on where we were at. If you <laughs> you can. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, just just don't get me in trouble, and we're good. Okay. All right. So, anyways. All right. Um. Uh, uh, <laughs> 
You know what? No, I don't want to get you in trouble. So, anyways, um, <laughs> so we're we're drinking. I'm in Vegas, and and I was one of the first people, one of the first trainers that we that I got trained. That me and that me and um, me and DJ got trained with Mel Gray. All right. So who's Mel Gray? Mel Gray. Mel Gray is one of. Well, I don't know if he's training anymore, but he was one. Mel Craig, uh, yeah, yeah. He was one of the. He was he was a professional trainer in the industry. Um, he was a, he was really affiliated with McGuire's. Um, he 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 was in the industry for a long time, but I get I don't know what's what's happened to him or what challenges he's came across. Um, I know he has a de- I know he has a shop or had a shop in Huntington Beach, but great guy. Um, but so we go to Vegas because at the time, you know, I was I was part I was part of the detailing pros. I was with Mel Gray, you know, we had gotten trained with them, so we're in support of this and that. So we go to SEMA and um and I started giving Mel Gray drinks and started giving him coronas. Well, I didn't realize that Mel wasn't used to drinking as much as I was. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I gave him so many coronas, he he got toasted, dude. So here I got, you know, at that time, I'm like, damn, this is my trainer. I got him all fucked up. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm re- this is really looking bad now. So we're at Caesar's Palace, and we're at the bar, and he looks over at this one woman, and he looks at her, and he goes, Regal, I'm going to marry her. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, 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 hey, Mel, you can't. What you mean married? He goes, leave it all to me. Oh, he was, he was on a, oh, my God, he was on a rampage. To make a long story short, man, we had to take Mel back to the room because he was determined to marry this broad that he said Vegas is real easy to get married. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, no joke. So, <laughs> it could have happened. Yeah, it could have real quick. So, hey, Rigo, don't, don't, don't tell anybody, but that is our secret for Ian for SEMA this year. We're like, hey, Ian, you're going to go to SEMA this year for your first time and – by the way, you're coming back hitched. Oh Lord Jesus! Uh, yeah, D- don't tell him. Oh, okay, it's our secret. No, I don't. I don't know about that because I know he ain't could pound, so it's gonna take a lot of time. <laughs> 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 you better take the Black American Express car with you or Platinum one, bro, because he's gonna he's gonna hit that tap over the top. That's for sure. That's right. What are we talking about here? Yeah. Let's not even, yeah. So, um, just let your let your imagination wander, buddy. Wow. Uh, no, we should definitely, uh, we should definitely have some beers at SEMA. I think there's, uh, hopefully, we'll get some plans together and have a big little hurrah. Right. Um, so, I mean, let's rate this beer. Uh, we've got Corona. I mean, geez, it's such everybody's had a Corona, but uh, Ian, how do you rate? Corona, man, it's just a, it's one of those timeless beers. Like they're super drinkable. And like you said, I mean, everybody's drinking one. Everybody knows what the hell a Corona is. Uh, I'd probably rate it like a three and a quarter or no, no, a three, no, 3.75, something like that. Three, 3.75. Yeah. It's getting technical. Yeah. Well, I used to pour a lot, but. I don't know. Like, I actually kind of prefer Negro Modelo over these. Just ooh, yeah. You ooh. need to try. You need to try the the Corona Dark. Yeah. Okay. We're in Oklahoma. Yeah, Rigo. Hey, Rigo. We don't get, get it. Ship them to <laughs> us. You get a special package. You, you know. You know what it is. It, it, that, open it and enjoy it, Marty. <laughs> we gotta ship. We gotta ship him, Marty. Let's ship him a pint glass in exchange for the Corona. Well, no, we've posted before. We'll we'll trade for beer. I'll send you some coatings. You send us some beer. Like oh, that's what we do. Ooh, wow. That's the way we do it, Rigo. We are... Rigo, you gotta try Rigo, you gotta try this coating. Which, man. which coating is that one? CC one oh five, man. It's made me so much money, it's not even funny. Okay, either way, whatever. I'm just saying we will trade you beer, no doubt about it. So uh we need to experience this corona dark and anything else that you want us to uh enjoy. To... Enjoy, and we will definitely take a video. Nice of uh, you know the festivities. All right, so DJ, you know, you, huh? know, you know something. That I, I slipped my mind right now. We're talking about. Oh no, finish rating the beer, and I'm gonna touch on something you said earlier. Okay, okay. You gonna remember it, or you want to yeah, go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm. A, you know, I better say. I'm yeah, you better say. You better say. You know one thing. Right now, when you were telling DJ 
that when he went to get trained, why did he go get trained after he had learned from you and he had worked with all these experienced detailers, right? So you were kind of thinking back then a decade, why is DJ making an effort to invest in himself even after the fact that he knows us, all this stuff that I taught him, right? And that's mm -hmm. one of the key problems with not just, not just, I'm not saying it's about like just you, but in general, that people have this misconception of why should I invest in training? And why should I go over there and get trained by this guy if I already know? And that's wrong because you could never stop learning enough. And when you're trying to relay a message to people, how come, you know, you're going to get trained? It's easy because you could never stop learning. And what I was trying to say is that the way you thought about it 10 years is the way a lot of people think about it now. And, and that's a big problem because a lot of people think they could jump into detailing and they're going to make a car shine, but they don't really understand. They don't understand the paint technology behind making a car shine. They don't understand the, the compounds, the polishes. They might see the quick results of making a car shine, but they don't realize how important and the fundamentals of learning how to run the business before you go invest in the business, how important it is. So, Rigo, Rigo, uh, here's a little story on how the Padawan became the master. So, here we go. When Years and years later, um, DJ and I kind of reconnected, and he, when we, when we were starting to experiment and play with coatings, he had already been with one company. At SEMA, I started with one. That kind of fell through from just some cultural differences. Right. Um, but we were going to put the coating onto uh, my Jeep. And oh my god, and that DJ, was a night from hell. <laughs> DJ, night was DJ goes, DJ goes, Hey man, we gotta do you gotta do you gotta correct the paint. Like, I'm like, sure, man, no problem. Like, I'll just I'll buff it, polish it. Like, it's all good, bro. Like, come on, man. Like, we're good. So <laughs> I'm old school in my thinking. I just grab a flex and throw on some compound and just go around the car and you know, it's all good, man. It looks all nice and shiny and cool. When we start applying the coating, as you know, coatings really emphasize when you have imperfections. Right. And if we have a trained eye and we've got lights on the vehicle, then it's going to really emphasize. And so <laughs> we get what well, I think we did part of the hood. We were coming down. No, I don't even think we started. I think we just did the front quarter panel and we came over to that passenger door and the amount of scratches and imperfections and marrings that I left in the paint, we, we both looked at each other and we were like, whoa. Wow. Yeah. And so I was taught that night what the difference is in when you do paint correction. And DJ pulled out all these tools and he was sanding stuff and he was like, and I was sitting there looking at him like, what in the world are you doing, man? Like, right. So that, that is interesting how it, it can turn. And you're right. Like, you always have to keep learning. DJ taught me mm -hmm. a lot that night on the difference, and which is, I think, why we say it. I know people get irritated with me. Like, there's a difference between paint enhancement and paint correction. Everybody says they do paint correction, but they don't. Like, that night, I learned, that night I learned what it meant 12 hours later what paint correction was. Right. So, anyway, DJ, rate your beer. Um, man, it's we finally got some nice weather. I'm sitting on the out on the porch with the garage open, like it's a nice breeze. Like I got a Corona. It's like the perfect night for this. So, I mean, I can't rate it low because it's it's a Corona. Like, but I can't rate it a five because it's not like what do you do? Four point seven five. Whoa. I mean, it's a Corona. It's like the like it's it's like the it's one of those go to like. Yeah, four point seven five. Four point seven five. You can't you can't not hate on a Corona. Like everyone likes Corona. All right, I've got a good friend of mine, Kyle, here with me. He's gonna drink some of this Corona, and he's gonna tell us how he rates it. Rate that beer on a one to five. No, I didn't say chug my whole glass. Damn it. That's a five. A five. Yeah. <laughs> there wow. we go. It's cold. It's cold. It's cold. And not too warm. 
if if it's smooth and not too cold and not too warm, it's a five. Damn it. Kyle gives it a five. Rigo, what do you give it? Since I'm drinking the dark one, unfortunately, you guys ain't. I got to give it a four. Oh, why? You were raving about how great it was. Why well, it four? Is, it is. Hold on, man. I was doing you a favor, Rigo. What's up? I don't, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, I'm pulling my point seven five back. No, no, no. The, reason, the reason I don't give it a four seven and a five is because there's some beers out there. And, you know, you got that's why you got to be up. There's some beers that are good. Corona is good, good. But it's not the king of kings. It's 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 a it's a four or five. So I, I'm a, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be. He must not have had Coors Light. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna go. We're gonna go. Or the Goodwood. He hasn't had the Goodwood, has he? Ian? Nope. Nope. He hasn't had the Goodwood. I'm kidding. But yeah, it's uh, it, it goes sort of toe with the Modelo Modelo Dark. So you know, yeah, it's up there. Uh. Yeah. It's a three five. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go three but I feel so uh, it's not a four. It's like I feel bad for rating corona like low. Like that's why like you gotta rate it higher. Right. It's corona. I get it. At the same time I go there's so many other like beer beers that are so much better flavor. And I would even say that there's Mexican beers like Soul or Pacifico, like I like those Jeez, beers that, better. Man. So it's what's hard. Like uh, I love Corona, like Dos Equis, right? Do- uh, I yeah. You don't like Dos Equis? I would rather drink a Corona over Dos Equis, but I would drink a Soul Rigo, or a Pacifico. Right? How do you say it for real, Rigo? What happened? How do you say Dos Equis for real? Like I'm Dos, saying, no, like no, Oklahoma. You're saying it right, Dos Equis. You're just Dos Equis. Okay, cool, cool, cool. cool. You're just saying that too slow. Yeah, just, uh, he just makes everything sound yeah. better, man. He can say anything. I'm like, I want it right now. Like, I want it right now. The difference between yours and his is you went dos equis. Do, dos equis. <laughs> he goes dos equis. Uh, all right, I'm gonna piggyback Ian, and that way he can make fun of me for piggybacking. But I can't go three five. I can't go a four. So I, I'll go three seven five. Boom. Okay. Boom. <laughs> Boom. All right, so. Ian, uh, what's what's your closing thought on why somebody that's a detailer, experienced, unexperienced, either way, like closing thought, we'll close down, each of us give one reason why you somebody should get professional training. Uh, I think for me, definitely would be just the commitment to uh, commitment to excellence and commitment to always mm. To, to always learning. Uh, like I said, I very much view what we do as a trade, you know, so every trade has their, their accreditations that they have to deal with. And I, you know, I very much think that we should have ours and hopefully we have a very formal uh, accreditation, you know, maybe down the road, but yeah. So commitment to excellence, commitment to, uh, to always learning. That's what the IDA is for Ian. Yeah, That's what the IDA is for. You don't have to, to do the idea is what I'm saying. Certain trades you have to go do certain schools in order. To oh, so you're wanting a more. You're saying we need a more like you have to do exactly. this to be a, okay. Oh wow. Okay, so <clears throat> you're saying like a plumber has to have an apprentice or an electrician. You have exactly. to be yeah, yeah, an yeah, apprentice for a while. I'm, no, not outside of that, but like electricians, you have to meet certain, you have to take tests and pass those tests to get certain licenses to even do that job. Same thing with a plumber. You can't just pick up tools and go call yourself a plumber. Well, isn't that because there's people's safety involved? Well, there's part of it, but it's the same thing with mechanic. You still have to meet certain, uh, uh, yeah, and that's what we're really trying to create at the IDA, yeah. though, is is that is that standard of of because we have tests, we have you know the accreditations, we have all of that, and a lot of people put a lot of work into those those too. So I think that's what we're trying to do there is is kind of set a standard for people to come and be um, certified, you know, with the IDA, and yeah. all the levels and so forth. But that's my uh, that's my pitch tonight. This is interesting. No, like I I like that idea, Ian. Of course, of course I do. I was just like I I find that interesting. Like I haven't I haven't ever thought of that. So that's cool that that that's what you think about. 
Yeah. Hmm. Nice. Uh, DJ, your reason, one reason why somebody should get professionally trained? I mean, that's pretty much you said it perfectly. So just you're taking your trip, you know, serious and you're willing to invest the, uh, you know, time and money it, it takes to, you know, take it serious. So yeah, it shows you give. He said, he said he, exactly. He said it. I, I mean, I can't really elaborate much on that. I mean, if you're really taking this serious, you're really trying to get to the next level, then, you know, go get, there's someone out there that can, there's someone out there that can teach you more than you know. Oh. And if you don't, you're not going to grow. Yep. Like I'm still learning from people all the time. Like always going to learn. So everyone has a mentor. If you don't have a mentor, then I mean, you're, you're, I don't know, man. It's going to take you to be like 80, 90 years old to actually meet that level of you're just like, you know what? I've made it. Like we're not there yet. None of us are. Well, and if we ever are, but it's, it goes back to what you said earlier. Like when you started and you were doing the waterless thing, you sought out people that were doing what you wanted to yep, do. Yep, that's how I found Rigo, exactly. And that's how you have to commit yourself day to day. Like you see people, whether in regardless of whatever kind of business, I know some of us listen to like Gary Vee and other popular mentors. Some of us listen to Gary Vee a little bit more than others. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but anyways, like. What's that guy you listen to? Motherfucking uh, CEO or something? Yeah, Andy Frisella with the MF CEO project. But anyway, that's what's up. But like, I mean, every day, like, you want to go out and find people that are doing what you're doing. Like, surround yourself with those people because that's what builds success. Like, you're not going to hang around that's right. with a bunch of people who sit on their asses on the couch all day and watch TV. Like, that's yeah, I was I was DMing earlier on Instagram with a detailer, and uh, he we were talking through. He wants to grow and wants to learn, but he said, I just don't have time. I said, well, what? right. So my suggestion to him was, what do you listen to while you're detailing? Oh, man, I love to I'll put on some music. My best is to listen to Bob Marley. Oh. I was like, oh, I was like, cool. Like, yeah, that's I mean, the problem, though. Yeah, like, cool. I get it. Bob Marley's awesome. I said, but what if you took some of that time? to entertain yourself, but then other times during your detailing to put on a podcast or put on a book yeah. or something to help grow your mind. Um, and, you know, that was my suggestion to him, yeah. which isn't, it isn't a, you know, professional as far as going to like paying for a, a pro training. But even if guys did that, I think they would definitely grow in their detail. Oh, absolutely. Experience. But I mean, it's that. I mean, therein lies the problem, though. It, time isn't the issue; it's the priorities. Right. Yeah, that discipline and, and and just the, you know, just being hungry to grow. I mean, I feel bad sometimes. I'm listening to music all day. I, I, I'm guilty of that I listen to music all day long. Sometimes, yeah, I haven't had like, to why did I waste so much time today when I could have been learning? But like. As a business owner, you got like a bajillion things you're trying to focus on. So when you listen to music, like kind of helps, you know, like you know <laughs> keep thing, you keep you calm for a minute, one right? Thing that I could that, that I that I could touch on is what he answered right now, the commitment. I'm gonna tell you the reason why, because if I run the tape back years back, and it's gonna sound funny, the the most I could talk to somebody when I would talk to somebody would be, hey, homie. That was just that. That was just a vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Omi. Hey, Omi. That's that's the reality. That's how that's how far my verbal communication would go, because that's all I knew. But then I made the commitment mm -hmm. to to become one of the best detailers I could be, as far as I could push the envelope, and I did. So what did I have to do? I commit. I had to commit myself to learn how to talk better. I committed myself to learn how to communicate with business people. I committed myself to learning how to conquer the machines to become a good polisher in order to take it to the level I did. And because of all those commitments that I did, I'm at where I'm at now to where I'm able to pass on my skills and actually get paid for them to teach them to other people. So if you're not ready for a commitment, you're, you're in the wrong profession. Go find the profession you want to be in. When people, exactly. tell me, hey, Marty. when people tell me I don't got time, I'm going to be honest. Before I would kind of sugarcoat it for people, I don't sugarcoat nothing no more. You know what? Mike Phillips told me something one time, and it stuck to me like a ton of bricks. He goes, if people ain't willing to pay you for, for what you're, for your, for you to learn, they won't appreciate it. And that's true. If they exactly. give you a car, if they give you a car for Man. free, you'll drive it into the ground. But the minute you have to pay for that car, you will take care of the tires. You'll make sure it gets the oil change, and you will take care of your car. Well, and the you know, that's it's funny you say that because it's like when we were growing up, I'm sure all of our parents said, 
you know, how we always wouldn't take care of their shit because when yeah. they buy it or they bought us a toy or whatever. Oh, all the time. Of it, you know, the, the minute they would always tell us, yeah, we'll wait till you start paying for it because I guarantee you're going to, you know, take care of it a lot better. And even, and, and that's so true. And even on that topic with the IDA, um, you know, DJ, you know, even though I'm, you know, I'm, I got, the only thing I don't got is RT, but everything else I got to type under my belt. I'm right there with and you, I'm, bro. And I'm, and I'm a strong, and I, and I believe in the IDA, but, but like Ian said, training, training, training is more important. And, 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 and I'm going to tell you, and not, 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 not in a bad way, but I'm saying the IDA, yeah, you get your, you get a certified detailer, right? But a lot of these, okay, okay, okay. A lot of these guys go, go. have this misconception because you're a certified detailer and you pass this test. Right, right. Exactly. You know, okay. You know Let to, me backtrack then. That, that you know no, 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 no. That Let you're me. a professional and you're not. Right. Let me backtrack because my heart behind it too. Okay. I get that. And I skipped all of that. Like that's definitely important to me. What I don't like is when I see people all the time paying the money to get the certification Getting the, getting the badge, getting the certification, put it on their on, on their websites, on their on their shirts, and, and and but they're not truly yes you know really put the put the money and heart and blood sweat and tears in to actually be the best they can be. It's all about what's on social media. So yeah, I am totally with you. Training is you know comes Essential. first, and then you when you know, and then when you know you have those skills and the integrity and the heart to to, to actually really keep the industry, keep a good name in the industry. Because it's the guys like us on the on the phone right now. They're actually trying to keep preserve the, the name of the industry. But it's the guys that are out there that are trying to get by and saying, "Hey, well, look at me. I'm certified and throwing dirt cheap prices and undercutting all of us." You know, those are the ones that that, that aren't really trying to do. They that. asked so me. I'm behind, I'm behind you. I'm behind day, you. Hey, Rigo, you know because because of the trainings, they asked me. Oh, you know what? Uh, where can I go get certified? And and I and I was and then I, I asked them, "Why do you want to get certified?" Well, because they said this is what I need to do. I go, "No." What, 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 there you no, go. No, you don't. You're what asking I'm the right question. You, You're asking the right question. What I'm trying to, what I, what I told you is to go get your eye to become a member and that your business will tell you when you're ready to go get your certification. Mm-hmm. Now, there you if go. you think you're going to go get a certification and because you have that time, you put it in the wall, it's going to make you money. You're going to go broke. Not at all. I go, you get that certification when your business tells you, you you're ready for it. And the business will tell you. And he was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. The market will tell yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> the market will tell you. The market will tell you. Yeah, man. That's too funny. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Uh, we've rated our beer. It's a good beer. I mean, come on. It's Corona. Like, everybody can grab a Corona at any point in time. A good, steady beer. Thanks, guys. Um Super, super information. Thank you for being so informative. I apologize. I'm jumbled at the end. I've had multiple beers. That's sort of the way I do it. I'm uh, I'm on three beers plus two glasses of wine. So, you know, that's the way it goes. Oh, it's, it's all uh, you, you got a friend over or something? <laughs> I do. You already met him. His name's Kyle. Oh, uh, my bad. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you guys, man. It, it, you yeah, know thank what? You. Hey, this is a good podcast, guys. It's a pleasure for you guys to invite me on, and you know, I really appreciate it. And whenever you guys, you know, um, need me, I'm gonna call away for anybody. Yeah. So, Rigo, tell everybody. Hey, Marty, you see, you, you see, you see why I want him on the podcast, dude. This dude's, <laughs> this dude's on it, man. Yeah. No, it's super informative. Like that's what I said. Great, great, great job, DJ. Hey, thank Ian. you, DJ. Hey, hey Ian. Right. Golf clap. Let's golf clap, DJ. Yeah, bravo. Come on, man. Let, let me get. There we go. That's all I wanted right there. Cool. Idiot. Nice job. You picked a good one. Oh, whatever. Hey, uh, Rigo, tell people where they. I can... was trying to give him a little bit of a little bit of a compliment, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah Rigo, yeah. tell people where they can find <laughs> you on social media. Um, at Extreme Excellence Professional Detailing. Um, that's my name on, on Facebook. But it's, it's, it's X. It's not. Oh yeah. yeah I, you know what? Yeah. yeah. It's X. Unfortunately, when I, when I put extreme excellence, perfect, uh, excellence together, you know, I was younger. Mm-hmm. I thought I was cool. So I kind of went with the big X thing because it was the thing, the cool thing to do. But on a professional level, I wish I could run it back and add that E because when you tell a corporate guy to write a checkout and, and he's putting extreme and you tell him don't put the E, <laughs> it doesn't look cool. That's some good advice right there, man. Yeah. So, so you know, don't 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 do something because it's cool. Do something because you know it's right. <laughs> there you go. 
That's a good one right there. So thank so, you guys. But it's extreme. But hold on, hold on. You're not off yet. There you go. I think you were going to say strip, huh? There you go. No, 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 no. Coronas. <laughs> but extreme, yeah. it's like what? It's like extreme with an X and then X. underscore. It's, yeah, it's for, for on my Instagram page. It's extreme with an X underscore and then excellence with an X again. No easy. Yeah. Marty will tag you in the post on uh, on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Good. Awesome. Cool. Uh, DJ, where do people find you? At Eco Green MD is in mobile detailing. Eco Green MD. Cool. Uh, Mr. Porter? At Redbeard Detail Shop. And at any time, uh, definitely reach out, guys. Uh, Ian's got a lot of information. DJ does too. Um, I'm at Total Auto Solutions. We do a lot of DMing to help detailers. That's That's why we do this. So, uh, thank you guys so much. Rigo, tons of information. Thank you for taking your time out of the evening. DJ, as always, Ian, as always, thank you guys for being such incredible co-host. And uh, that's a super killer episode, guys. Thanks so much for all your yep. time and effort. And um, I'm going to go enjoy this fourth Corona that DJ left here. And, uh, awesome. Call an Uber <laughs> on the way home. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a great this night. The best all right, bye. See you guys.